podcast episode nine I am coming to you this early evening from an entirely new location you can hear the war horse in the background you can be sure that my SIG 230 is decocked and tucked under my left thigh As well, all the usuals in addition to my precision gun, which is going in to the shop to get a little work done. Tonight, we have on the set list. three to four juicy, juicy subjects. If you are new to the War Horse Podcast, you can go to goldengoatguild.net and you can find out uh, about myself, about the book. You can pick up some t-shirts You can also go to Instagram, same name, Golden Goat Guild, which is the temporary for all of us uh, base of operations. And um, if you're not new, I appreciate you coming back. On the heels of the infinite episode we're going to go to the warrior uh, in an overview hour two will go deep we're going to hit a couple of a bit of a mixed bag um, a couple exercises very very substantial exercise this episode as always, filed in the category of the criminal of purpose, an ongoing theme for us here at the Warhorse. I wanted to open with a little commentary, uh, you know, overview. However, now that I'm in the moment, I'm going to 
just dish out the first exercise because I, I think it'll help everybody. Very simple. Two breaths in, hold until you have the first sense that, um, you know, breath hunger as, as the experts call it. This has many different applications. Can be utilized all day long um, before bed. It can bring you up, it can bring you down, not drastically. The main thing that I have found that it helps with is whenever you, you have that sense that you've lost your breath, the phrase, I need to catch my breath. The principle is essentially your, as with all of the holds, um, and if you're interested in holds, check out that book mentioned before, The Oxygen Advantage. Also, Brian McKenzie, who is the go-to guy for all of this stuff, and his, um, his associates are really good as well. I forget the woman's name. I'll, uh, I'll look it up and plug her on Instagram. Very gentle soul. Very um, body-wise. Um, it's been said that there are many, many types of genius. Other people have said, and these people were probably not geniuses, that there's a set number. My personal take on it is that it's a type of energy and it's probably not accessible to everybody. It's not strictly limited to IQ. In fact, I think a lot of the best creative stuff has been done by individuals with not tremendously high IQ, which isn't surprising at all, considering that, and I'm no expert, but as far as I understand, the IQ test was set up basically to, to test a sort of modern, industrial, functional sort of intelligence, which is great as far as it goes. Um, but it is remarkable, you know, to consider once again this this pattern of um, constant regimentation, categorization, as if the judge really is out there in spirit slowly but surely once he got the AI of course and metadata he probably threw a giant party and he's dancing 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 right now anyway um, finish this thought about genius and then um, finish up this exercise it strikes me as a type of energy, again, not accessible to everybody. And you notice in some geniuses, 
or individuals who are held up as geniuses. Arguably they are. You know, what is it anyway? Who knows? Again, I, I mean, I think it's this type of energy. And if you study even briefly some of the biographies of, you know, just whoever you think is interesting. I mean, there are many, 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 probably more geniuses unknown that have ever been documented. Take that, judge. Go fuck yourself. For the uninitiated, we're referring, we're referring here, of course, to the character of the judge in the greatest novel ever written, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. If you haven't read it, um, first of all, go subscribe because you owe me now. And then just go buy it, buy the hard copy, buy the paperback, buy the audiobook. Also, maybe the best audiobook I ever produced. Anyway, um, a type of energy that seems to be unleashed in a lot of characters at that transition point between, say, you know, be somewhere between like 18 and 25, maybe. Though there's there's plenty of examples too of people getting seemingly kind of cracked open much later in life, and the story about this is one of those falsities that's bandied about. Um, you know, if you haven't if you haven't created a, a genius work of art by the time you're I think 25, then it's not going to happen. Whoever said this was completely fucking retarded. Um, absolutely 100% retarded. And if there's any dickheads out there in the audience saying, oh, well, it, it took him, you know, till he was 40 to, produ- to produce his genius work of art. Um, that's why he's saying that. Look up Maximus the Confessor and then... Eat your words. Eat crow. Eat shit. What have you. Maximus the Confessor. What was his IQ? I mean, you couldn't... I'm sure he wouldn't have passed the test at all. He probably would have gotten like uh, 80. He would have sat there and just pondered it. Stunning, staggering genius beyond almost anything that modern man can even fathom. St. Gregory of Nyssa, same thing. There's a whole bunch of those seemingly, you know, forgotten, never, never excavated by by uh, all of modern Western culture. Anyway. In my opinion, it's a type of energy. It's very likely related to the physical body and then how whatever the interface is with the daemon, essentially, would be my best guess. And experience, obviously, would, would play some type of role. 
and this couldn't be tested because I would include interior experience um, that may never even be reported perhaps could not be reported things like um, imaginary friends you know would be one sort of cue along those lines anyway but trauma and again much has been made of the the line that this is another sort of ridiculous thing the line the blurry line between madness and genius in 10 or 15 years when we win this thing and almost all of psychiatry is reduced to rubble what will remain is I think it's called EMDR talk therapy will remain uh, Jung and Freud will be permanently relegated to I mean you know they'll they'll be whatever I'm just being facetious here but because um, Jung and I mean Freud not so much but Jung has application it's just that you could never convince me that a person with a two-year degree, you know, 28 years old, um, is going to understand that psychic landscape, you know, better than you maybe, but maybe not. I mean, I doubt it, right? They're going to find, in my opinion that the nutrient deficiencies the constant stress you know this seems to be measured out in terms of hypertension or whatever but the more clued in folks have have glommed on to the fact that stress leads to inflammation which begins in the gut lining. All these just endless, it's, it's as if we've, you know, if aliens were to analyze what we've created and they looked at the grocery store next to like 25 different restaurants and fast food and cars now built with features to support these habits and it's almost as if you know there's a parasitic entity which we've discussed before related to the microbiome you know um, all of this jejune stuff that we stuff in our faces Not and to say Nothing of like the actually, you know, it's destructive stuff. Alcohol in mass quantities decimates the gut biome. And there may be something, you know, um, there, there very well could be some type of balance, right? Like perhaps the, the ancients were onto something with wine at a certain proof where, who knows, it knocked off the weak microbacteria and kind of cold the herd or 
maybe it fed it in some weird way. Who who knows? Um, if we could apply, you know, some metadata, um, and we could apply all the scale that exists, a lot of this, you know, mental health seems to me to be a a fluid concept and functionality is kind of the basis by which all of these evaluations even diagnoses are constructed and yet these same people must have heard the phrase you know the one if uh, it's no compliment to be well adjusted to a deeply sick society I'm butchering and paraphrasing as usual but this is a much overlooked and again it's um, it's speaking to the remnant you know in large part a lot of you guys have likely taken on the mantle and live the motto physician heal thyself because you have to and um, I did want to make a couple mentions on you know a few healing modalities so before we go back and finish this exercise uh, we'll just stretch this detour out and take a take a whole tour um, of this this side of of the outline um, along these lines you know acupuncture osteopathy massage absolutely speaking with a naturopath there are innumerable benefits however you see the future shaping up to building up some of these relationships now and having a basis of trust you know if you have two years to get ready to the point where you need to offer up a couple of goats or a big pile of cash to get something done to build trust it's a much much easier deal to be made uh, when the pressure, surveillance, the scrutiny is applied. Um, something to, to consider very seriously right now. Another thing to consider, um, acupuncture, I don't know. You know, for the longest time, it seemed pretty woo-woo to me. And then a few people in my personal life... Uh, had massive gains and I have experienced that as well and it would be very very difficult as far as I uh, from what I can tell to just start you know applying this to yourself Um, it's definitely an art and most of the thinkers that I have come to reside with if you will and will probably reside with for the rest of my life 
ultimately do turn, turn, you know, they, they kind of come out of this tunnel and make that final turn out of the loop, perhaps, and accepting the the pretty severe austerity with which you're faced, you know, the complexity and the sort of alienation combine for a very heavy load and um, making this turn, you know, involves letting go of many, many illusions and then forging forward and finding solutions. You know, it brings to my, it takes me one recursive level back to this idea of an energy, a type of energy. Much of the, many of the healing modalities are working on this level. And I mean, you name it artists, theologians, warriors, grocery store clerks, I mean, anybody, you know come around to uh, take this turn where you say to yourself the level of poetry if you will the level of beauty the level of art the level of serendipity the coincidence the dream and the dreamer uh, is it it's it, you need to make this turn you know you're going to make this turn at some point when you die and it's very it's very instructive if you can start to build yourself a little index of of folks who have quietly or otherwise come to a similar conclusion which is never to say, of course, that regimentation, organization, methodicity, whatever, does not have its place. It's simply to say that this is not the highest road. And uh, certainly theology, certainly art, certainly war, certainly our families, this, these are the areas where the highest you know, we call it an art over a craft for a reason. And then perhaps you, be, you can become a master of your art. And then maybe you can be one of the all-time greats. But again, how many dudes just sitting out way in the desert in their little shack or up in the Blue Mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, knew things through intuition, through the cobbling together of little bits and pieces of folklore, you know, what we call folklore, but was just wisdom, just an observation even, not even necessarily some ritualized passing of a bit of knowledge, just just some stuff that was known and then jerry-rigged up to something else. And making this turn 
will eventually, you know, play play into our conversation regarding the master. Um, that third piece of the circuit. Okay. Maybe the longest detour yet. Two breaths in through the nose. Always through the nose unless you're starting to play with gears or ujjayi or one of these other types of breaths. Breathing practices, patterns. Nothing crazy, just in, out, in, out, and then relax your gut, back of your neck, intercostals, um, the adductors will oftentimes get involved, the taint will get involved. Pinch your nose. We're sneaky. We'll like, if you don't pinch the nose, you will find yourself sucking in little bits of air as needed and stretching out the hold artificially. You don't need to go for a minute. Um, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, especially if you're kind of hyped up, we'll usually do it. That first, I usually feel it like in viscerally, you know, like a bit of my abs will just kind of clutch the teeniest bit. And um, perhaps that's, you know, part of, we all have these, well, we, I guess we all do sort of have these various breathing dysfunctions. certainly in in one place or another you know area of your life whether it's athletic performance or personal interaction or what have you driving um, there's there should be some type of way to measure stress but I believe that it's it's so contextual and the human beings today are so different what would Jim Bridger do? I think he'd probably be just fine, you know. But if you dropped him, you know, at the Dollar Tree on a Saturday night in a very diverse part of town. God, that'd be funny. So you can use this exercise, as, as mentioned, all the time. I use it while driving, sometimes before bed, Waterfall is kind of more my bedtime go-to, but I've been into this one lately and not sure it has a name or needs a name. It's like a maintenance tool. And I wanted to reiterate along this line that as you're doing these exercises or anything else and you you do notice you know or if you're having like laying in bed having anxiety or or driving or whatever any 
any of these sort of tells, which can be very subtle, but are oftentimes, in retrospect, not that subtle, um, keep in mind, you know, where that situates you. It situates you, not my favorite expression, but pretty far behind the eight ball in terms of your susceptibility to being overwhelmed in a crisis. And long term, if it hasn't been made abundantly clear, my version of the warrior's way involving the hunter and the master and all of these other sub-characters, the detective as one, the criminal of purpose as another, the gorilla, there's a bunch. Familiarity uh, with, with yourself, with your hang-ups, with your strengths, which are oftentimes associated very closely with your, your hang-ups or your weaknesses, is of the essence. It's not negotiable. And the man who chooses to um, I was going to say, you know, take notes, but mental notes are in many ways superior to the to-do list. But it, if physical notes are your, your game, then by all means. But keeping tabs of these things in some way, that's sort of how my brain is, work, is, is constructed. Um... And it has not, you know, that may just be an excuse. But um, watching, paying attention, paying out this precious resource um, has worked for me in terms of monitoring and making adjustments over time. In terms of this esoteric survivalism, which I I think I coined this term, I'm not entirely certain, but um, the context in which we find ourselves, broadly speaking, overview, is one in which myth has has some cachet, you know, in the you know, you know, little tiny pockets of the ivory tower and, you know, Hollywood will exploit it just to whatever extent they can and then if they need to pay homage or <clears throat> pay otherwise, it'll be tough to make them do it. And this is another area where we need to be very precise and simple and clear. What's offered contrary to myth, very broadly speaking, you know, defining myth here, is the metaverse, is the simulation, is your robotic future, is the pod, the bugs, 
your Brave New Worlds, your 1984s, your whole dystopian catalog, technocracy fits in here. And I wish to make it plain to you that these two are in in opposition. If the metaverse can leverage myth, it will. It already is. And we understand that like these Sims games, right? Where you step out of your your Las Vegas tiki-tack place to walk down the tiki-tack you know weird little mirror of a house of a house of a house suburban environment to go to the 7-Eleven is one thing and then to plug yourself up to VR and then do that same thing probably not the long term a lot of people seem to have this thrill, right? These are your early adopters, your your dipshits, basically. Um, the offer that Myth, I think, makes is for you. It it gives you the opportunity to gain personal power which to me this means to finely tune and expand investigate explore cultivate if you will like the gardener your soul compare that to whatever I'm not even going to watch the commercial it was sent to me a few times I'm not fucking watching it I already know what's there. It's the Videodrome. It's absolutely retarded. Only a fool would engage with it or let his children engage with it or let his friends engage with it. And this brings up another, you know, a tactic that I recommend that I've been using my entire life, and that is just simply to ignore shit. Ignore people, ignore trends, ignore, ig, ignore. If it's not an actual responsibility, an actual duty, an actual choice that you've made even, there are plenty of duties that were not made by choice. Ten minutes evaluating those, clearing them out like you do, like we all do every once in a while. We go and look at our subscriptions online and dump a few of them, etc. Places where we're bleeding energy. A lot of things people seem to take as duties, including social interaction. I have found very little cost in ignoring dismissing. I have found the people that I love and who love me have come to accept this about me. 
and they generally nobody embraces anybody else none of us is Jesus right but over time the method to the madness um, it might take longer with other people but it will show through of course this is not for everybody but ignoring this media cycle thing is is part of my process anyway I checked out I am in in a couple different stages I suppose and now if it doesn't come come up on my on my feed uh, or I don't hear it from somebody I really don't care I'm not you know working that side of the street I do not need to be familiar with the players in Washington or Los Angeles for that matter it doesn't fucking matter and if you need a reason for it not to matter one reason is that these people and you probably know this one will suck you dry use you up as if you have you're not you know you not you're not a human you're not a living creature and this is a pretty stark reality to get over but it's maybe not as hard as the stark reality to get over that deconstruct that is the narrative in front of you that's sort of lay you know laying out this golden road to the metaverse this you know this whole thing is uh is a scripted phenomenon and you understand this and yes there's some utility in following certain events but i have let go of all of it and that's just you know i'm not pushing you to do this i'm just letting you know it's been extremely valuable so if there's anything uh that you can just start ignoring i would do it again not duties not preparations not your family none of that stuff we're talking about the mass media the cathedral none of it makes any fucking difference at all it's like that meme from 4chan literally all you have to do is stop caring that's a meme um, for a reason the I hesitate to say men among us because I think the people that are getting really wrapped up in this shit have probably yet to acquaint themselves with what that really means or develop you know just some interests hobbies separate from that that's part of being human and it's crucial and who is it Joan Didion maybe or hell one of those female novels I think it was Joyce Carol Oates who is one of my least favorite writers um but she said something or somebody 
in her vein said something like, you need to be savage about your, your writing time. And I would expand this to be, you know, you need to be savage about everything that goes into your brain and all of your time because it's been whittled down. How many people get the opportunities to... I know one dude in my life um, who was able to work an eight-hour job and, of course, his wife had to work to support their kids, but he did wake up at 4.30 and wrote for quite a few years, Um, and he never did get a novel published, but he got some short stories published, and... I think eventually some of this stuff, very, very smart guy, um, just comes at things again from another angle, these oblique angles. We need to keep an eye on these, you know, we need to keep an eye and not tar every single person who has some type of opinion other than us. We should come up with a term. I mean, we have all these terms, right, but we still fall prey. This is an example of just ignore this shit. I don't I don't have a term, but I have managed to keep quote, you know, liberal type people in my life so long as I can look at them and I know where the line is. And there's a big difference between these absolutely um, demonic types of individuals, but particularly in positions of power related to children, etc. And, you know, your buddy from college who just happened to marry some hippie chick and doesn't have a lot of time to, you know, get into, into politics. Just because he's against guns or whatever, uh, as mentioned, you know, in the last episode, Sorge... S-O-R-G-E is the only road out we have. Um, uh, You know, there's no way to say this without making it sound like uh, a brag, a humble brag, so we'll just say it. If we really go to worst case, nightmare, warlord, um, conditions probably a lot of you guys too in you know particularly listening to this podcast are not going to be easy targets are not particularly why do I keep saying particularly I apologize sometimes you get in this like verbal verbal ruts I guess are not especially uh, looking to make themselves known, um, to make a bunch of stupid decisions, to waste their present time such that they would have to, you know, engage in stupid activity, etc., etc. And there's there's not that many out there. Um, So you or I may very well have what it takes to be a warlord. Um, If it comes, then it comes. And I will embrace it. 
And that's just the fact, because that's the road I walk. I would prefer, however, um, that God steps in. That, you know, he sees efforts on our part to remain human. Um, to just, And I understand, we're not all human anymore. So that's the struggle. This is, again, what's on offer. Embrace myth and get soul. Drift along on the current towards the metaverse and be swallowed and placed into this giant diabolical meat grinder and then probably thrown back at us, you know? So this is all on the track to to make clear that the main foundation in this podcast we've laid down thus far is all geared towards re-enchanting the world, re-enchanting your world um, so you can re-enchant others' worlds. And that's to me, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to go down and have the, um, you know, be at the colloquium community discussion group and, you know, have tea and maybe make a friend or two. I mean, sure, I, if it winds up that way, I, I can do it. But I'm not seeking these, I'm not that guy. And I doubt you are. Um, and in the re-enchantment of your life, this is the beauty of it. It can be done at the very gates of hell. It can be done at the very edge of the metaverse. And it will be. Whatever exists in the metaphor or the, excuse me, the metaphor, the metaphor of the metaverse still and always exists under the protective hand of God. And losing sight of this is particularly easy. And the more, you know, it drifts, that might be a measure for you about how much of that narrative can you really tolerate before, because it's been said many times. Just because we're aware of psyops does not make us immune. And it can take a while to work. You know, if one of them gets you, it can, it can, speaking from experience, it can take several months, if not longer, to be, you know, to sort of embrace the, uh, the misstep into Dunning-Kruger, if you will. So, 46 minutes, I want to hit you with two other exercises if possible. So, this is an actual exercise, a physical exercise. If you have access to a treadmill, get on the treadmill. Start walking. Walk, perfect form, at a brisk, maybe pushing the envelope pace, right? Um, So, you are building up a light sweat. You're facing at 12, start moving your entire sort of, what you don't want to do is just move your head on a swivel. You Yes, you want to allow that gentle pivot 
of those, what are they, the occipital, no, the, um, you know, the vertebrae that attach to the base of the skull. Yes, you're allowing this for sure. However, the hips stay forward and the entire torso needs to rotate. You know, so you're going to two o'clock, rotates to the right. You're going to 10 o'clock, rotates to the left. Now, continue to bounce between these points and extend eventually back to four or five while keeping your hips entirely straight. This requires actually um, some pretty, what would be natural. You know, we always use these terms. Wow, this requires you to be a superhuman. I imagine that every dude uh, walking the hills in 1870 could do this. Could walk forward and look over his shoulder and continue to go in a dead straight line with perfect form, never losing the rhythm, and monitor a pack of wolves, um, a pack, you know, a herd of elk, what have you. This may seem simple, and it kind of is. It's an opportunity, again, a simple, overlooked, basic relating to balance, proprioception, as well as relating to your familiarity with the flexibility or lack thereof within your torso. You know, you, you look right, you will find that if you're doing it properly, the obliques on your left side will engage. Hip flexors, I mean, those things can be a nightmare for a lot of us, you know. If you've done a lot of hiking, marching, athletics, there's work to be done. It's just as simple as that. So I think we'll call this exercise just simply looking over your shoulder. Imagine all of all of the moments in life when this could come in handy. Not making a big um, flurry of movements. Not making it real obvious that you're looking over your shoulder. Continuing on your line seamlessly but gaining information. In my opinion, I do, I do subscribe to this idea that you have to drill the fundamentals. And I'm, offer, I'm hoping to offer with a lot of these things a reevaluation of what, what actually are the fundamentals. I think the case is made very simply by saying those 20,000 hours seated or what does it become when you're 40 and you've been working a desk job is it like 60 or 80,000 hours seated I don't know but that shit's not helpful it's not it's not even good for you know in terms of like re-enchanting the world make it beautiful as well you know make yourself not you know something to be not attractive necessarily but admired you know take pride in the fact that you are this creature and anyway this is the way that I 
I uh, convince myself to do these mundane sorts of uh, exercises. Before hitting the next exercise, a thought occurred to me recently that, you know, the the mandates and such, the whole COVID-related rollout that has happened was so, as, as mentioned in one of the very first podcasts, this was spoken of um, in the, at least in the 80s, maybe in the 70s, as this is how it'll roll out, you know, again, uh, William Cooper, there's a bunch of these guys. And the core, the, the kind of other piece of this that was always there was that the blue hats would be part of this. And I've been thinking about this recently, and again, it's one of those things where you kind of let brush by because it'd be so ridiculous. And it's just like, mark of the beast? Mass vaccination? I mean, don't they have, like, micro drones that can crawl into my ear at night and just take care of me, dispatch me? No, I guess not. So, I, I have not fully developed my thoughts on this. You know, it's reflected in the book, King of Dogs, that I have been thinking about this for quite a while. The form it will take, no one will know that. But it's, for some reason, it's becoming more and more realistic in in just looking at the day-to-day world. I live in in a good place, at least for monitoring from you know, to walk like an alien among uh, many humans. So, next exercise, criminal of purpose. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to engage one of your fellow humans in public, not at a family gathering. You cannot know this person. It can be at the store, bar, restaurant, sporting event, what have you. Pretty much anywhere you choose. And you need to extract from them some pieces of information. Their name, their address, their age, their weight and the locations of their family members. You cannot tell them, you can't just walk up to them, right? This is absurd. Hey, can I have this information? This exercise is meant to push out beyond and into social anxiety to build your social engineering skills to 
build a baseline on your central nervous system as related to transgressive behavior, difficult activity. The real takeaway, in fact, is not the information, and it's not whether or not you manage to get the information. You can engage this exercise over time many times. That's the beauty of it. You do get better at it. And you therefore start to understand what using black and white thinking while operating in a gray world or, or you know, behaving even in a gray manner moral ambiguity, etc. What it feels like and what works. What I have found is that usually what works is the same stuff that works in normal life. Right? That makes sense. It's you as the operator who fuck it up. It kind of goes back to this concept which seems to just be um, right there, you know, in hide-and-seek at night with your, with your buddies as a kid hiding in plain sight. This is the gray man, of course, at, at its finest. So once again, within your multiplicities, you know, that witness within your mind, take notes of your breathing patterns, your heart rate, perspiration, your voice, your posture, and those areas are your tells, and practice makes perfect. Well, yeah, perfect practice makes perfect, whatever. You just need to be good enough. And I believe this exercise opens up many more doors than it may first that may appear to you right away right like oh I can walk up and manipulate somebody into giving me this high value information and they don't even know what's going on maybe maybe not again the value is in studying your own habits hunting yourself One of my most important mentors in, that will ever come to me in this life um, gave me this lesson when I was about 16. And um, the form that it was given doesn't really matter, but the notion absolutely matters. And it doesn't end. And it's your key to what I keep calling personal power. You gain personal power through this walking exercise. How? What is personal power? Personal power is many, many things. Many things. Personal power is how much money you have. It's how good you are with a gun. It's how good looking you are. It's how do people react to you. It's all of this, you know, stuff that 
operates on the trough level world that has value. That's just one layer of it. The next level, the more potent, long-lasting, the level that has applicability in terms of enhancing your soul is this level that to a lot of people seems to look like self-criticism or what have you. And I suppose that is a feature of our times. Shame and guilt and self-criticism and this stuff is... I've, I've been meaning to kind of touch on those, but... On the one hand, they're so easily managed and dealt with. On the other, they're just so ambiguous, confusing, and even if you read the, the literature on these things, the definitions and, you know, what are you supposed to do with this shit? I'm speaking of these sort of dysfunctional or negative types of experiences of your interiority, personal beliefs related to yourself, and etc., etc., but the type of personal power that I'm speaking of is like literal power. It's this energy that we spoke of at the beginning related to genius, what we call genius. Am I telling you I'm a genius? I'm not not telling you I'm a genius in the way that Homer, you know, did not not lick the frogs I'm opening up in the way that John Taylor Gatto did this quote sacred category this is not it, it may be a sake you know genius and this energetic experience of it is absolutely sacred related to Eliade's Hierophanes for sure that it'd be a prime example of gaining personal power moving through a portal within yourself to not to achieve something, not to make more money or run the 40.2 seconds faster or whatever it is, 0.02 seconds faster to build out the infrastructure psychic and experience that and then see and understand that not only is it not another world, it's the same world and you have I hesitate to say vast abilities, but you have vast opportunities. Musashi said know one thing to know 10,000 things. Know one thing to know 10,000 things. He talked about the way, 
the capital T, capital W way. He knew about what we're discussing here. He knew that there is what we call another world. It's the same world. It's that the veil has been pulled over our eyes to believe that this is a meaningless shithole that's been despoiled by the cryptocracy and could never be undone and we're just irretrievably floating down this river into oblivion. Examine the narratives carefully, not with, well, God, there's all, there is all this shitty stuff happening, absolutely, but examine it with Cass fucking Sunstein in mind. I hope you follow. The warrior, in the way that the hunter faces fear, the warrior hunter, excuse me, the, the warrior faces clarity. By this is meant he faces delusion. He faces his own delusion. He gets out of one and thinks he's, well, that was that, finds himself knee-deep in another. This is the nature of human experience plugged into awareness. You know, with the module of awareness that, you you know, in this day and age, we have to develop it. That's what we're doing. In the next hour, discussing this last point will be our mission as discussing the fine particulars of the hunter was the mission of episode 8. The metaphysical tapestry will continue. The mad giveaway of esoteric survival tips will continue. But in this case, just for subscribers. So, for the rest of you guys, if you want to subscribe, make your way over to Patreon. It is pretty simple, though some people do have difficulty with it. If I can help you, DM me, let me know. Uh, Again, the website is goldengoatguild.net. You can get autographed copies of the book, etc. Instagram, goldengoatguild is the home base. I'm not too good at Twitter, but I am on there. Otherwise, um, I do thank you for listening. I hope you've gotten some value. If so, please feel free to hit me up with your feedback. Um, And by the way, for whatever reason, with these algorithms trying to build up an audience, if you make comments, I know I don't make comments on even my favorite accounts, but I'm trying to... um, correct this the algorithm responds to I guess engagement you know comments me commenting back DMs I guess shares likes what have you all this ridiculous stuff it would honestly be easier to just buy off the fucking algorithm and then you know go to level 2 and deal with that but I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I want it organic. Um, So I'm just letting you know. I too am very lazy when it comes to this stuff. But um, 
If you have any questions, as usual with all of this stuff, I am uh, accessible. So thanks, thanks again, subscribers. I will be right back with you. Thank you.